And guys, just jump in whenever you want with a question, or I'll call one of you guys to, to ask a question, and I'll do the editing after the fact. But uh, all right, I'll raise my hand. Okay, okay, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you'll be able to see though. <laughs> <laughs> all virtual right. hand raise. Okay. Yeah, We're virtual hand. Virtual hand. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with the guys on the other side, uh, John Stark. Hey, yo, yo. And Ben Fraternale. Uh, I would just like to note before we begin that I did introduce myself in the interview because I did not realize this segment was coming before it. Oh, but... that's why you did it. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe yeah. this is after it. Who knows? Is this... uh, well, we'll see, I guess. Oh, All man. right. Uh, welcome to the uh, first ever free agency edition of AFL tonight in the multitude of years that we've done a show. Yeah, I think it's the very first one we've ever done. Um, but we are going to talk about free agency, uh, little bits of, of news from the league, and uh, we also have an interview this week with the uh, with a head coach that's been around for such a long time, a great guy to talk to, the Atlantic City head coach, Ron James. And we'll be getting to that in a little bit. But uh, first and foremost, guys, um, real quickly, league news. What was your what was your thought on the uh, uh, on the uh, Captain Destroyer idea that the Destroyers are going to be, going to be doing uh, in having a female mascot? What, what's your thoughts on that, guys? It's interesting. I mean, why not? It's hashtag progressive and hashtag woke as hell. Um, females are strong as hell, and why not? be strong as hell as a mascot so this is you know a, a good idea i think as long as it's for the right reasons you know as long as it's not to make a headline but um we can't predict their motivations behind this but you know i guess i'll reserve judgment for once we see the final costume that's yeah that's true and yeah, when you think of mascot I, I, i'm trying to think of can you guys think of any what are supposed to be female mascots currently in sports I, uh, I, know the blue I think Jays. the sausage in milwaukee is supposed to be a female oh, lord that's such a, that's so bad um well, it's edgy yeah uh, i know there was uh, the blue jays had one they had two blue jay uh, oh mrs mascots. met uh, miss oh okay mrs met okay um i, I just can't think maybe i mean Maybe they're playing on the on the on the Captain Marvel thing. Maybe it's a Wonder Woman thing. But you know what? Maybe it is actually time rather than just having you know. Uh, I don't even know if they have mascots for the what was the lingerie league. But I mean, it's that's <laughs> totally the opposite direction. What of I think where they're trying to go. But I, I think it's probably about time, guys, that they have a a female mascot. And I think it's just as as long as it's not it's not like it's not too sexist. Yeah, that they get that they get it right that. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. I can think of many ways where it can go so wrong, but I hope they think I hope they they're, they're going to do their due diligence, I'm sure, from what I'm hearing from uh, from their executive that it's Yeah. They they'll get this right the first time. They'll there will be right. market research. Um also, we have we're as we're taping on Wednesday, we will be hearing as of tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time what Atlantic City's uh branding will be. Uh, I uh, I have not heard any news whatsoever uh, about what it could possibly be, um, other than the you know the names that they had up that they had in the poll. But 
uh, something that we'll have to, I guess, push forward to the next meeting, so to speak. So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this on the agenda for next meeting, guys, and we'll <laughs> we'll Thank talk you. about it then. Um, also, uh, if you hadn't been watching our uh, Twitter feed, why aren't you? You could see some stuff you can't see anywhere else. Uh, what's your thought, guys, on on us finding out from multiple sources that the Arena League is looking at making at redesigning the Foster Arena Bowl trophy to make it more quote unquote modern? Um, what's your thought on this, John? I think I think this is great. I think it's necessary. Uh, if you've never seen the trophy in person before as a fan, um, be happy you haven't. It definitely needs the upgrade. It I think right now it's kind of a little junky. Uh, we need something more full size, made out of you know real metal, like yeah, metallics. Metallics. Right now, I I don't. It's sort of a plasticky trophy. Um, it's not very impressive for the championship trophy. The original uh, one was. The original one was before yeah. the whole issues with with San Jose and and the Fry family and yeah, not being right, able to right. get it back. And um, do you, uh, Ben? Do, do you think that they will go similar to what they did with a you know with a cup? I mean, there are many different types of of championship trophies that have cups. You had the Stanley, you had the Grey Cup. Um, uh, or do you think they will go something similar to what they do with the NBA championship trophy or the uh, or the Super Bowl trophy? Well, I honestly loved the old trophy, um, the the large cup. I thought it was cool. It was unique for football in a way. Um, it looked cool. It was just it was huge. And then this like replica thing that's been handed around over the last couple of years is obviously not ideal for anyone. So. Uh, when they first said they were going to redesign it, I was thinking, oh, maybe they'll put the new logo on the older trophy and you know make it look impressive again. But if they don't do that, I have sort of a suspicion that they will do something with their new football design and maybe make that like the top of the trophy. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. So that but, the football yeah. itself, the, sh- the 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 shark biting football will will, yes. will, will be that the, might factor in in a big way the to the top point. of the trophy. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay my theory okay i mean i mean john would you be opposed to that or do you did you like the the what, what i'm dubbing the foster two cup uh versus uh, versus say the the nba trophy i think uh i think a 2.0 would be nice yeah yeah we should pay homage yeah i agree i, I agree I, i'm looking forward to it i hope that they they go all out and i hope that they show the fans uh the trophy before the playoffs come around because it would be li- nice to see what the, what the teams are going to be playing for uh, come this postseason. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, there. Just stay tuned to uh, to arenafan.com or to our social media outlets um, mm-hmm. on Facebook and Twitter for for more information. Obviously, we will be covering the um, the launch tomorrow uh, of the new branding for Atlantic City. Um, but we want to talk about free agency and guys. It's <laughs> it, it, I, I look at all. You know, I can look at other leagues and see how the free agency comes in. It's a huge, big thing. You know, whether it be, uh, I, I'm just for me. I I had to go most recently with how it was with the CFL free agency and how large and how huge it was. And I mean, so many people signed in the first day, and that's exactly what we got for the AFL. It was it basically, as we know, it was a, a a an all star season last year, four teams. But now, being on one year contracts for the term of the CBA. This could be, we're going to get this for the next three years, and I think this is what we got. So far with the, before we name the names and who, who are the big surprises in our opinion, 
How do you think um, the league did so far, Ben, when it came to uh, uh, promoting these players and who 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 went to what team? Well, I actually do kind of like uh, their approach graphically. Um, I think, honestly, besides the Philadelphia Soul, which seems which seems slightly antiquated with their graphic treatments, we're getting a very professional rollout, um, which I I really love to see. Uh, we're not getting these generic plain color graphics with aerial font that has every name under its you know and under the last which is honestly what we've been getting the last few years so i think it's been very well presented i don't know if the information is delivered in the clearest way and listed somewhere very clearly for fans but uh, you know i i think that at the very least when a player signs it looks good john what about you i mean obviously i know you follow nfl you follow the other is it on par with what they do or uh is it is it lacking I think it's lacking. It's getting better, though. Like, for instance, uh, speaking of the Philadelphia Soul, they have a free agency tracker page that has, you know, headshots of all the players and the dates they've been signed on. Uh, And Columbus has been doing a good job with their graphics uh, whenever posting new players being signed. Albany Empire has been posting on their Instagram stories, the new players, and their social media handles. I think it's a big step up from last year. I think it does still have a little way to go, though. You know, it's not been consistent. I mean, we're on the third day, the third end of the third day for free agency, but it hasn't been consistent so far with information from the league. If you know what I'm saying, like we yeah. between the three of us, we've definitely had complaints about how the information's being delivered on a daily basis. It's been inconsistent and in, in an untimely manner. Um, so, from what we th- for basically the big name that was uh, the uh, and by the way, we know players are going to be changing because with Coach James back in the league this year, and same thing with Coach Sock, there are going to be changes. And obviously that's bound because of also the, the two new teams that those, that they, those two uh, gentlemen are heading. Um, we knew there were going to be changes, but I think what was uh, pretty good, uh, a, a, I guess a pretty good launch for the AFL free agency would be them announcing that Tommy Gritty was going to be back uh, with the Albany Firebirds and them using him. I, I, guess, uh, not, I guess we could say as a face of the league for them to be allowed to say – Basically, he was the first player signed for free agency for 2019. I mean, it's uh, – I don't think anybody who's been following the league for at least for the past five years, I think having Tommy be that face and or be that name, uh, I don't think there was any problem with that, right? No, I think that was spectacular. I mean, it was it's, – it's the way you want your team to come back out, you know, for the start of the year. Yeah. Now, uh, only today we just got the transactions as – it's funny, as we were uh, uh, starting to tape tonight uh, as they came in late for uh, – uh, for Wednesday, but uh, so far from what you've seen, guys, um, uh, John, I will start with you. Who would you say uh, is the biggest surprise on the on which team this player went to? Whether we stayed with his current team or if he went to one of the other teams, what what what's the biggest one that has surprised you the most? I gotta say, this evening when I saw that Larico Stevenson went to the Columbus Destroyers, I was kind of shocked. And and for what reason? Why would you? Uh, you know, kind of breaking up uh, Strap City in Philadelphia a little bit there. I wonder if he'll he'll end up back in Philly or uh, if he'll stay in Columbus after free agency ends and you know the season gets underway. Yeah, uh, Ben, what about you? What? Yeah, what well, really back. Said? I mean, back to Rico. That's kind of. Uh, I, 
I don't know what it is. I think partially maybe because his injuries over the last three, four years, Mm -hmm. um, maybe his health has become a concern in Philly. Um, And I think a name that we're seeing come across the wire today that's really a huge impact is Tyron Laughinghouse, um, former Carolina Cobra wide receiver. His name is simply incredible. And uh, but on a more serious note, I think uh, Donovan Morgan was obviously the big knockout for me. Um, He's a guy who's, you know, he starts posting. I want to come back. I think I want to come back. I'm coming back. I'm definitely coming back. And then immediately he was signed um, by Columbus. And so you just can't wait to see how he performs after two seasons off. It's really what it was. Yeah. Yeah. If he's fresh and all that. Yeah. what, what was your yeah. thought? What was your thought about? Uh, I think one of the biggest coups too. I think was uh, was the league being able to pull back our Keith Brown and him signing with the Empire because, um, you know, he, he what has he been with the IFL? Was he in the IFL for two years? Well, he played one game last year. Okay, that's it uh, with Albany. Yeah, I think oh, okay. they they signed him in the oh, playoffs. That's right, that's so I right. guess yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he just wanted to uh, come back. He got the itch yeah. and he scratched it and he wanted more. Yeah. And one name that we don't know much about, which. Anybody who follows indoor football or very high on uh, is actually the quarterback. The other quarterback they Albany picked up was uh, Mason Espinoza. Uh, he was the uh, the NAL's uh, MVP. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, him ba- him basically uh, starting behind Tommy Grady, learning from him. It, it makes me wonder if this guy will be able to go take you know this version of arena football if he'll be able to go to the next level and uh, if he if he does become a good uh, if he ends up becoming a star in the afl so um, how about um how about baltimore had their first signings we're just starting to see this evening like you said came over the wire before it started and i noticed that they signed two quarterbacks and neither of them are named randy hibbert that's right yeah Interesting. Uh, of all the teams, you know, they signed two. Is it Shane Morris of Central Michigan and Jared Evans from Virginia Tech? I don't know much about them because literally, as I said, we got the uh, we got the the information uh, as we were taping uh, the show. So I don't know much about them, but um, it, it, you know, once I don't know what do, does does Randy come back to Baltimore? Does he go to another team? I mean, it's does he go to another league? I, I guess. You know, because of all the, all the players that have come back so far, and all the teams that have have signed these players, Washington really has stayed the same. They really have brought back most of the core from their from their championship. You know, Arvell Nelson, you know, he's he's going to be their starter for sure. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm just looking at Mark Lewis going to Atlantic City, Lamarck Brown going to Atlantic City. Um, Michael. By Pitt, the way, yeah, uh, Ev, uh, Gerard Evans is. Actually, kind of a big name. Um, I, like, I'm curious to say, I don't, he got no playing time last year with the Valor. I'm, I think he was with them for like a game or something. But um, he's a Virginia Tech star. I mean, he broke records at Virginia Tech and literally skipped his senior year to enter the NFL draft and got undrafted. So he kind of got screwed uh, a couple years ago. But we're constantly looking for fresh blood in the AFL in terms of quarterbacks. So to exactly, see, you know, yeah. a port over in the NAL and potentially this guy stepping up for Baltimore would be huge. It's interesting always that, you know, this outdoor performance in college does not at all translate to indoor, you know, if you can either do it or you can't in arena. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we see some guys emerge out of this. The next Shane Carden, right, guys? Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Man, why do you have to hang it up? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that kills me still. Uh, Albany also picked up another quarterback today, Quinn McQuarrie. 
out of Montana Tech. Another great name. Yeah. Uh, I think, by the way, one of the names we were talking about before, and let me see if I can find it. He was uh, picked up by Albany. Uh, he play, He was signed by the Edmonton Eskimos uh, before training camp last year, but never got there. Uh, his name is, he's a wide receiver, Devontae Noyle. His nickname, guys, is Speedy. Speedy Noyle. Let's, you gotta like that. Gotta let, love let, it. Let's hope, I mean, play, oh, yeah. play to Texas A&M. Hopefully he can uh, uh, live up to his name and, uh, you know, somebody, somebody's got to play, uh, replace uh, Malachi Jones. Somebody yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, it could be, it maybe could be Jordan Prince Williams. Shinola. Oh, Jordan Williams. Uh, yeah, that too. Prince Shinola. Well, Prince Shinola is, of course, league-sponsored by Shinola Watches, and I think it was really smart for Albany to do that brand tie-in. So the season's looking great overall for names. Would have been better if he was, if the, if he was gone to the Detroit team that was owned by them, but, you know. Yeah, well, a uh, boy can drink. <laughs> Any other name, guys, that, that, that stood out? Obviously, uh, I think one of the names that, uh, that we are not surprised about in any way, shape, or form is with uh, quarterback Warren Smith going to Atlantic City. I mean, local guy, um, being under Coach James, um, that, that could be a match made in heaven. And I, I know that it's not glitzy. I know it may not be glamorous to discuss, mm-hmm. but we have to mention that at age 40, we're getting Mark Lewis again, yep. and this time in Atlantic City. I mean, this guy, I love this guy. I mean, you know, he he just he he's just going to keep going until I don't know what until I mean, we'll we'll see this year what gets adjusted with onside kicks. Obviously, that's a huge part of his game. Um, but it's just great to see another OG in the league. Um, we'll we'll have a couple this year with Morgan in there. So that's that's kind of nice. Also, already on league suspension, Will Corbin. Awkward I don't rates. get that. Yeah, I don't get <laughs> How that. How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Red Rocket is back in Philadelphia. That's I think that was a that, that was a no brainer right there. Um, I think still, if you guys were to come up with names of players who played in the league last year, uh, who were um, you know were a were a name to watch. Who ha- who would you say right now is one that you would look forward to that has not been signed yet? I'm gonna, I mean, for me, Joe Hills. The question is, where yep. will Joe Hills sign? Will he play? And the question is, where will he play? Colin Taylor's also unsigned, right? That's true. That is right. And so is Kendrick Ings. That's yeah. true. And, and he's getting, uh, I think he's almost back to full health. He had a little ankle issue oh, right, uh, halfway yeah. through the season. That's yeah. why he kind of like fell off. But I'm excited to see where he ends up, too. Um, trying to say Arvell Nelson, and honestly, sort of a wild card. Yeah, is is possibly Darius Prince could re-enter the fold. Um, you know, not to go back to the AAF or anything, but he's not been playing, so I don't know whether after their season there's going to be some sort of cut process. The contracts are obviously not guaranteed, so it's possible he will be playing the AFL. So that's a huge player, um, just sitting there. Right. Speaking of which, we had a. Uh... Dwayne Hollis come back yeah. to the yeah. AFL. He was with the Atlanta Legends with Malachi. Yeah. Interesting. So fortunate that didn't work out, but at least he's back in Philly. Yeah. And it looks like from what we're seeing, a lot of these teams are are sprinkled with, you know, with five plus year talent, AFL talent. Right. So it's um you know, these these two expansion clubs, they look good. And it, you know, as, as as few players that Atlantic City assign, okay, but Columbus, holy crap! I, you know, it's I, I'm not sure about it if Greg McGee is the guy to lead them in Columbus, but 
I mean, he did show some signs of uh, of of play when he was uh, uh, when Radabaugh went down and and he was in uh, he was behind center. But do you think? Obviously, they're going to sign some more quarterbacks, but do you think McGee is the guy to lead them in Columbus? I think that's going to depend on their overall game plan and style of play. Are they going to be a run-oriented team, or are they going to be heavy in the passing game? I would honestly really like to see a team we haven't had in a couple of years be a run-first offense with their quarterback, or at least have that threat. Um, we've had a lot of pocket passers over since the league contracted, so... You know, I would like to see Greg McGee mix that up a bit. So, so try to bring back the days of Michael Bishop. And, and Michael Warren Bishop. Smith. Is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah, I want Warren Smith out there running like Bishop. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got, got legs. legs. <laughs> he's got legs. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, don't forget that we are on social media, as we mentioned before, but just want to remind you, if you are looking to find out, find all of our archive shows for AFL Tonight, uh, best places to do it is to head over to uh, either Google Play Music, head over to iTunes, uh, head over to, uh, to SoundCloud, which will have our first, uh, sorry, our last three episodes available. Plus, there is now also Spotify. And before we go, guys, and listen to the interview, just want to make sure that we give a shout out to our sponsor at 503 Sports. Uh, you can reach them over at 503-sports.com. If you're looking for, uh, wow, any type of, of old school or throwback arena gear, they have it available uh, from whether it be Colorado Crush, uh, the Denver Dynamite, Pittsburgh Gladiators, and even, guys, they have an old school replica uh, Detroit Drive jersey. How awesome is that? Hey, Ben, we got to get you one of those. Oh, I need one. They're, you got to see me walking around with one of those. They're gorgeous, man. I'll be like Scott Soares out there with my old jersey and my <laughs> pins. <laughs> Shout out to Scott. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, want to head over to 503 Sports uh, and uh, buy a shirt from them, uh, they have not only arena gear, but they have stuff from a lot of the other old old school leagues that don't exist anymore, From whether it be the USFL, uh, whether it be uh, the World Football League. Uh, you can head over there. If you put in the code arena fan you will get 10 percent off on your first order uh, so that is 503-sports.com and we thank them for being a sponsor of afl tonight well the afl season it's very very close to starting and uh, along with the new start the new look with the logo uh, we have a couple new teams in the afl um, and we, we felt what better way to introduce you new fans and bring you and also bring in back you old fans to the league is to in, to talk with one of the guys who's been around wow for such a long time in the arena football league on the phone with us now is the new head coach of the atlantic city something or others we'll find that out on thursday coach ron james hey coach thanks for joining us well thanks for having me such a pleasure to be involved in the afl again and just ready to go this year well, that's that's the first thing I wanted to ask. I mean, for many many may not know that you actually uh, spent a a year away playing the uh, well coaching in the uh, 110 yard game the CFL in Saskatchewan last year. And what I wanted to know is, as a basically as a lifer of the AFL, what was it like coaching a, a completely different league that you had never coached in before? I was a blast. I mean, when you get a, a chance to coach in a different league and, and be challenged in a different way, it's so much fun because, like, for me, 
you know, I've been coaching for a lot of years. I've coached uh, college football from Division three all the way up to Division one before I got involved in arena football. And then I've been in arena football for a long time. And so to get back outside, the toughest thing really was to get used to the elements. I mean, at the end of the season, as you all know, some of those CFL games, it's, it's sub-zero temperature. Mm-hmm. So I was, out, I was out there with a lot of snivel gear on trying to stay warm. But other than that, uh, you know, things, things are, are great inside because it's always 70 and sunny. But, out, out, you know, in Canada, it can get pretty darn cold. Yeah, it can. Um, and one thing that you and I talked about when I met you in Montreal uh, when Saskatchewan was in town and you surprised me with is that there's actually a uh, – the, the coach that you were coaching with, uh, you actually have an AFL tie, don't you? Yeah, you know, Chris Jones, who was the head coach and the GM with Saskatchewan Rough Riders and, and was coach of the year last year, uh, actually, I worked with him with the Las Vegas Gladiators uh, in 2004. So we go way back, and, and to be able to get reunited with Chris was special. And, you know, he's since moved on to the Cleveland Browns and this this past offseason. So, you know, your past always intertwined with a lot of different coaches, and to be able to, to reconnect like that was a blast for me. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Ben, go ahead. Ah, well, um, this is Ben Fraternale, by the way. We weren't introduced, but uh, um, yeah. we've seen a lot of changes. We were talking um, before we started recording. So many changes the AFL has experienced over the years, and you've seen such a large swath of, of what arena football is and what the rules are and, and what's the style of play. And I'm curious, really, about your thoughts on, A, what you think about the newer, newer styles of play, and um, how the game has changed in your tenure, and B, what you think of the newly introduced rules, especially the one-minute timing rules over the last few years, and how that's affected the ends of games and how that affects the tension, how that affects your coaching strategies. That seems to be a huge topic, and I'd love to hear your thought about it. Well, to me, I always embrace change, and it's, in a, it's inevitable, but it's also uh, a lot of forward thinking you know, with the league and the new, uh, new rules and the, the way that we're kind of trying to anticipate the growth of the league in conjunction with that. So it's been a lot of fun for me to sit back and see that over last year and then to jump into it again and, and to be challenged in that way. It does change some of the, the, the coaching aspects from the old days, if you will, but you got, you have to kind of eliminate your mindset. You can't think in terms of the past and think in terms of the, the future and kind of what we're trying to do now. And so when I look at things like the one minute timing rule, even when I look back and, and think about, the two-way players and all the things that happened during the course of the history of the of the game in the Arena Football League, what really stands out is that it's still Arena Football, and we're the only one that plays Arena Football in this country. And when you when you look at it, there are a lot of indoor leagues they don't play Arena Football. I don't care what they call themselves, but it's not Arena Football unless you have those nets up and you have the rules that we have. So, uh, you know, it continues to evolve, and I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of that, and just anxious to see how that kind of plays itself out during the course of the game. So we've gone through already a lot of different scenarios with our staff talking about some of the rule changes and things that we want to try to accomplish within, within the rules and, and, and figuring out how we want to play our game. That's a, uh, you actually brought up a very good question, uh, a very good point that I wanted to ask you about. Talk about your, your new staff. We'll talk about more about the, how it is to, 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 to start an expansion franchise. Um, but how was it that you're able to to bring your your coaching staff for the Atlantic City team uh, together in the off season? Well, I had to do it rapidly because we knew that you know the time was short to be able to get ourselves prepared for both free agency and to get you know, you know even just to order equipment and do things that are that are so, so uh, obvious as those things, knowing we're backing up against the season very rapidly. So the first thing I did was reached out to you know 
coaches that I was familiar with and players that I was familiar with that wanted to transition into coaching. First call was to call Shane Stafford. Shane's a great offensive mind. We worked together with the Tampa Bay Storm, and, and Shane was my quarterback and receiver coach, and I taught him my version of arena football offense. Uh, he took to it very quickly and, and to the point where he was able to last year go to Washington and be an offensive coordinator. So I hired him in that role again. So um, that's, that was the number one hire that I wanted to look at. Uh, and then number two, you got to look at, you know, how are you going to put everything together? And, and it's going to sound a little bit different than going outside the coaching staff, if you will. I, I had to hire somebody that I could trust to be able to manage a lot of the off-season se- off and off-the-field issues. And Brandon Lang I hired from the Tampa Bay Storm that I worked with to come in and be the player personnel director. And Brandon, you know, good young football mind, but can handle a lot of, of chores, which you have to be able to multitask in arena football. So that was a key hire for me. And then Caesar Rayford, who decided he wanted to take the shoulder pads off and start coaching, uh, gave him his first opportunity. He's going to be our D-line coach and a, a great uh, great football player, but a, a great football mind as well and, and one and the guy that really wants to earn his stripes as a coach. And then last but not least, I brought in Sergio Gillum to be the, the defensive coordinator and coach the DBs. And Sergio played for me at two different stops in the Arena Football League in both Pittsburgh and Portland. So I knew I had somebody that had already coached a few years in the indoor leagues uh, knew the game very well and could translate my type of defense into that system. So I've got people that have commonalities or connections so that we can hit the ground running. And, and that was really the, the game plan and trying to get a, our staff put together. How is Caesar going to be as a, as a, basically as a rookie coach coach? I mean, it's, um, you know, a guy has been playing for so many years and everybody knows his name. He's been following the arena football league, but uh, what, what challenges do you think he has as a, as a rookie head coach coming into his first season? Well, the toughest challenge always as a first-year coach is separating yourself from the players. He's, he'll probably be coaching some guys that he's played with or, or at least some guys that he knows of in the league. And, you know, you have to kind of get, get that little bit of separation so that they understand, okay, this is a different role for me and you have to respect that. And it's also a situation where he's still learning kind of how it gets put together. Because as a player, you only see your part of the, uh, of the puzzle. You don't see the whole puzzle. Right. And I, I think that uh, knowing the, all the pieces and, and being as sharp as he is, he, you know, he's like a sponge. He wants to just take it all in. So I'm excited to see you know, how that transition works for him, and I'm eager to help him in any way I can. John, go ahead. So, Coach, um, I was going to ask, you've, you've got a, a little bit of a 2017 Tampa Bay Storm reunion going on in your staff. Um, which head coach are you looking at going up against most this season? Are you maybe looking against uh, Dolzell uh, getting back at the Arena Bowl 30? Well, you know, it's, it, if you'd asked me that question when I first t- took the job, I probably would say yeah because it's kind of for us, and, and I think Albany stole my quote, it's unfinished business. But, I mean, when I look at it, I, I, kind of, I, I can't really single one coach out that way because you know, what's funny about it is half the coaches in the Arena Football League this season are former Utah Blaze coaches. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I've worked <laughs> yeah. with. I also coached Clint when he was a player, you know, with the Las Vegas Gladiators. So, you know, I, I, I've had strong ties to four out of the six head coaches. So I'm not really looking at one particular matchup as being critical, although Philadelphia, you know, is our first game of the year and you always want to start off strong and the proximity only being an hour away should produce a natural rivalry. Um, I'm just going to let that all play out itself. I'm not a big trash talker. I'm not one of those guys kind of to seek those those situations. But uh, there are some coaches in our league that do that, and that'll be fun. 
do you have to when you're going up against guys that you've you've coached and that you've you've uh, uh, had as coaches on your on your staff how much of your playbook are you going to have to modify or, or, or change so that they know that you're not going to be running xyz play compared to to this play you know, I think we're all that way. We're going to be a little cloak and dagger, and you know, I, I know all those guys, and they know me well, and we we get to understand what we do in certain situations and all of that. And, and I'm I'm a very inclusive coach too, so I don't have any secrets. Like when a player comes to play for me, our coach coaches with me. I don't hold things back. I let I let everybody know what the plan is and why we do what we do. So a lot of that information is out there. But what you have to do is kind of change up why you do what you do when you do it, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the thing we're, we'll be looking to do. It's going to be a chess match, and I've, I've had to do that before uh, with, with several coaches in the league and, and the guys that I'll be facing again. It, it doesn't change my mindset at all. Uh, we're going to stick to the things that we do well and, and that I've done in the past that, that have been successful. And we're going to add some new wrinkles. I mean, being in the CFL for a year, it got me some, uh, got me some insight into some, some new plays and some new things I might want to try. And, and looking at some of the, the rules this year and, and some of the younger players that we're going to infuse into our, our system, that will change a lot of the things that, that I've done. So you can't just look at an old film from Tampa Bay in 2017 and go, this is, a, this is what we're going to have to stop or this is what we're going to have to ex- exploit to be successful. Uh, it's going to be a totally different look for us, game in and game out. Ben, go ahead. Uh, well, you've got Warren Smith, and uh, this is a guy who has been you know, oscillating in and out uh, for a while now. He's been around. Everybody respects this guy. He's uh, a local guy to the area. Um, but it never had, it's never really felt like he's had his shot. So I'm curious what overall your thoughts are on building a team around him, if that's the plan and the kind of conversations you've had with him as you start to build this team. Well, you know, I have a lot of respect for Warren. Always have. I mean, he's, he's a true competitor more, more to the fact that he is, he's such a football genius. And when I talk about football genius, I don't mean, you know, X's and O's get up there and wow you, but he can do that. He recognizes things quickly, and he had this, he had he had last season to sit with Shane and talk a lot of football, and that relationship has really developed. I'm interested to see how he extends his knowledge into our system and and really makes it his own. So, the essence of everything really is competition when you get down to it, right? So, what we're going to try to do is you know infuse that position with competition, just like every other one. Right. And you know, talk to Warren about it. I said, you know. It's not like we, we go out and we recruit and we say, this is our number one guy. What we do is we, we go out at every position and say, you know, this is who we feel strongly can, can lead the team at the quarterback position. But if it proves otherwise in training camp or, or if a guy slips up or doesn't give us what, what we expect from him, it opens the door for someone else. So we're, we've got other quarterbacks that we will sign, and you'll see you know, shortly one of the, one of the quarterbacks that will come into, into play will, will be known and, and uh, kind of familiar to me from the CFL as well. So uh, you know, a lot of these things that kind of come into play now for the next couple of weeks will kind of give you more of a strong vision of where we're going not a, not only at that position, but a, a, around uh, around that offense, and so we feel strong that Warren's our guy because you know he he, he has that football acumen and the background with Shane, but he's a, he's going to be learning a new system because Shane's not bringing the offense from the Washington Valor. He's going to be he's going to be running the Atlantic City offense, and and that's pr- primarily the stuff that we ran, ran in Tampa and, and right. Utah and years prior. And you talk about uh, and when you're sorry, when you're ahead. recruiting. 
sorry, when you're gathering this team together, um, it's interesting the AFL because it contracted so much. So many of these players ended up falling into these other leagues. How do you approach the the aspect of, of free agency where a lot of these players were in different leagues last year or weren't in the league last year. Um, you know, a player like Donovan Morgan is back in the league suddenly. Um, is that something, do you just have your eye on your guys or how do you reach back into the talent pool that maybe hasn't been active? Well, I think it's great when a, you know, a player like Donovan comes back into the fold and, and, and players like that, that the fans recognize, but you know, for me, it's about the fit. And so, you know, when you're dealing with an expansion team, you have to be very secure with the fit that you're putting together. And, and we have a particular plan that we're, that we're trying to uh, put in play here in Atlantic City. And the other thing about it is when you look at the way teams have developed, uh, you know, when the four teams were, were going last year, um, you know, half of my Tampa team went to Baltimore, you know, and they were very successful last year. Uh, the same thing was said when, you know, in 2014, when half of my Pittsburgh team went to Philadelphia. I mean, all, you know, those, you know, those teams should be sending me thank you notes, by the way. But, <laughs> you know, um, you know it, it's just one of those things where, where you look at it and you say, okay, you're successful because of the collection you put together. And so other, these other teams, they, they have, uh, you know, kind of intertwined players I've had, you know, but I've coached half the league really when you look at it and, and yeah. four quarterbacks that were playing last year, three out of four were, were guys I've coached before. So, you know, it's, to me, it's just about putting together the right fit. And we're very, very conscious about that on and off the field. So if you ask anybody that's played for me, they will tell you that our locker rooms are extremely tight. Uh, they're tight knit guys get along great. There, there are players I could tell you, look, for example, my 2012 blaze team, those guys are still on a, a text message uh, line together. Oh, that's awesome. You know, about eight or nine of these guys that still stay in touch all these years afterwards, you know. But it, it's about doing that, building the right foundation. And, and so we're going we're gonna to write a different script this year, and I'm anxious to see how that plays itself out. Now you're talking about putting the team together, bringing who you feel will, will, will mesh perfectly and be able to get this team some wins. Uh, you've been in the league for such a long time, Coach. What, what is it like? to have to come in and basically put a team together from scratch because there may be those fans out there who are thinking, okay, well, this is my new Atlantic City Arena Football League team. Here's players X, Y, Z. But they may not know wh- what steps are to actually put this team together from scratch. Can you can you expound on that a little bit? Well, you know, it's a lot of film work, a lot of phone calls, a lot, a lot of back and forth trying to figure out, you know, again, what, what the perfect fit's going to be for me. And it may not be the same for another coach. It may not be the same in a mindset of a particular player. But for me, what, what I have to do is I have to articulate that vision well with my coaching staff, understand where we want to go. Uh, this is brand new for me. I've never had an expansion team. As, as many years as I've been in the league, I've never done that. I've, I've taken over teams, you know, in the season. I've, I've taken over teams in different situations and had to rebuild, like in Tampa, where the team was, I think, 2-14 and 14 or whatever they were the year before we got there, and we turned it into 11 wins. You know, and the same thing, you know, I came into Pittsburgh when in four wins the year before and we had 15 the next year when I, you know, took over that situation. It's really about having that fresh set of eyes right now. I feel like I'm kind of reborn as a coach coming into an expansion situation, trying to see what we can make of it from the ground level up. And we were doing everything from from the basement 
all the way to the penthouse right now because mm-hmm. you, when you think about what we need to do, I mean, it's it's everything, though. equipment order, facilities. Every, George Manius with the trifecta group who's overseeing our team has been, you know, just a, a lunatic running around town trying to get all these things <laughs> accomplished. And it's it's been inspiring to me, you know, when you see people like that and people like Ron Jaworski that they hustle their backside off because they believe in this league. And that makes you as a coach want to really work hard and, and put together a good product. John, go ahead. Sure. Uh, I don't know if this is the last question, but maybe it is. Coach, um, if you could go out and sign any wide receiver right now that's either currently in the league or has played in the league in recent years, who would you be targeting or keeping an eye on? I mean, there's there's no secret that there's a few guys that, I, that I've coached before that know that I want them, you know, that, that know that they would be great for me. You know, I, I look at guys all the way in the past that, that I've had that uh, starting with like Marcus Nash way back in the Las Vegas Gladiators. There's a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he's not coming out of retirement, even though Morgan did. I, you know, <laughs> Mark, uh, right. But you know, but there's guys like that that you look at, and you know, okay, they're game changers, but they're good people. And and I certainly would put like Bill Hills in that category. You know, he's been a tremendous performer and a, and a great guy to be around. Um, we we just signed Lamar Brown. He's he's one of those type of guys. Uh, Kendrick Inks is one of those type of guys for me, you know, guys that, that have been productive and that have really just been, you know, a pleasure to coach. And, and, and those are just a couple examples. I mean, obviously with having so many teams over the years, I, I could dig back into the vault and grab a bunch of them, but um, you know, in the current, in the current system, there are a lot of great young players out there. We're, we're anxious to give a lot of them an opportunity. You'll see some, some names come across to the wire at wide receiver for us, and you'll be like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, right. when you get into the season, you'll go, where's he been? Why haven't this guy, why hasn't this guy been playing? You know, and, and I'm anxious to see that. And that's, that's kind of what I pride myself on is, is finding those guys that, that nobody, um, you know, has thought about before. And, you know, Kendrick Ging's a great example of that. He was with me in Pittsburgh at the end of the season in 2014, and nobody knew who he was. And all of a sudden, you know, he said he had a breakout year for us in 17 and, you know, obviously played well prior to that as well. So, you know, guys are like that that, that are out there. Sean Klonomoku is an outstanding player that I've had before that, you know, he, he, he'd be fantastic to have. There's so many guys you could name um, that I don't want to kind of, you know, begrudge anybody. But right. what I'm saying is that I think you're going to see some players this year that uh, will fit those molds and be those type of guys and, and give new blood to the league. Awesome. Now, I, now Ben and John and I have talked about this, Coach, and we're, we're just curious because, like I said, you've been in the league for such a long time. You've coached with so many teams, and you've, and you've been head coach of, of so many teams. Um, yeah. We were wondering, when it comes to being a head coach, and unfor- and it's no slight on you as being a head coach. Unfortunately, I think what is it, three or four teams have actually folded the year after you have been their head coach. How mm-hmm. how does that play on you as as a as a head coach or as a guy who's in football? Because some people may say, well, Coach James is you know he's with a team, they fold, they get their own ideas, but it's. I think it's. Oh I think gosh. it's actually turned into a meme, if I'm not mistaken. But it's, oh my gosh! <laughs> but well, well, you know, you know, I, I kind of laugh about it because to me, I have no bearing on whether a team survives or doesn't survive. Right. I mean, it would be like saying that a particular player goes to a certain place and all of a sudden that, that team is no more. It's the owners. The owners set the, the tone for what you do, uh, wins and loss wise, whether you're around or not. 
I mean, look at it. Look at the league right now. There's only one team standing since 2005, and that's Philadelphia. Yeah. They had a couple of years of hiatus to come back, and, and but that's the only thing. So, so I guess, you know, by, by that strand of logic, you could say, well, you know, every other coach is the same way. Every team they're with folds, except for Clint. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know Clint's got the golden halo or the, or the horseshoe that he holds up, I think, all the time. He's, uh, he's, got, he's got the luck that it just keeps running through. But, uh, you know, everybody, everybody's had that situation. There's not a team that hasn't folded, you know, except for the Philadelphia Soul at this point. So uh, it's, it's just part and parcel of, of going through the league and, and the way the league has, has uh, you know, grown at certain points and, and then contracted at certain points. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to the, the new growth of, of the league the way it is right now and, and in the future. And I can't control, you know, the ebbs and flows of, of franchises. I can only right. do the best I can do, you know, with the franchise that I'm given. And I'm fortunate to have been a head coach in the league for, you know, 10 years. And so to me, it's a blessing. Um, I don't look at it as I'm a curse. Right. I look at it like, you know, these are situations that I try to make the most of. And as I, as I was told when I coached at um, United States Military Academy at West Point, when I was at, at Army football, I was told one time, never turn down a command position. So I've kind of lived my life by that. Um, you know, if, you, if I get an opportunity to lead, I'm going to take that opportunity, do the very best I can with that, teach young men the game of arena football and try to make their lives better. Now, obviously, we really appreciate the time that you've given us uh, this evening, Coach. And I, I know we've been, you and I have been talking back and forth about getting you on the pod for quite a long time. Um, one, the last thing we want to ask you before we let you go, um, being that the, the AFL has now grown to six teams, uh, there looks to be a lot of, of positive things for the league going forward. Uh, what do you see for the Arena Football League for 2019 and in the future? Well, for 2019, I think there's going to be some great competition. You know, you know when you have a, a product like we have and you've got the coaches and the players that, that exist and, and the strength of the ownership groups that, that, that are in play right now, I think you're going to have high-quality football, and, and it's, it's been ticking up, I think, um, in the last two years. You know, it didn't look that way with four teams in play, but you know, the level of competition was really high last year. And so now you've got that plus new teams, new blood with, with players coming in, and that's going to continue to evolve. And I'm really looking forward to see what happens this season, but the season's beyond also because if you start adding into new markets and new teams and new excitement, and you, you'll get a lot of good young players. And we have to be cognizant of who's going to be that next generation of players in the Arena Football League. We've got a lot of great players that have played for years in this league, but I think we also have to pay homage to those guys that, you know, we're standing on shoulders of, of some great players, great players like, you know, Eddie Brown, and George LaFrance, and, you know, you can go on and on, Jay Gruden. I mean, anybody that you want to name in the past, you know, we're standing on their shoulders. They've, they set the tone for kind of where we're, we want to be again and where we're grow, going to. And so I love the vision of the ownership groups that are in play right now, and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. If people want to get a hold of you on social media, Coach, or just wanted to follow you and see, see what, you, see what you, you muse about, uh, where can they follow you on social media? On Twitter, you can find me at, um, at Coach James one So at Coach James, the number one. And then on, on Instagram, um, build the coach. Okay, perfect. Well, Coach, uh, all the best in 2019. I know all three of us will be talking with you again during the season. Um, and uh, good luck to you in the uh, Atlantic City squad this year. Thanks, guys. We're looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to having you guys come to the games and, and 
hearing your podcast every week. Thank you. Again, thanks for Coach James for joining us on the show, guys. I mean, it's uh, to have a, a mind like his and a guy who's been around the league for such a long time. Um, he does give a lot of insight uh, from on the field to off the field when it comes, especially when it comes to uh, bringing this uh, Atlantic City squad together. Wouldn't you say so, Ben? Absolutely. I mean, I would like to have no one else back in the saddle in the AFL than Coach James, and uh, I'm real glad he was able to join us tonight. And uh, he did actually, he mentioned some of the players there that, that just came over the wire, so it's uh, pretty fitting. He was that, here to leak. He I was know. <laughs> he was busting open with leaks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, um, again, it was a pleasure to have him on, and uh, um, uh, we hope to have him on the show again. So, uh, if you guys are uh, interested in having a particular player or a coach on the show, uh, you can uh, email me at tim.capper at arenafan.com. Let us know who you'd like to have, and uh, hopefully uh, John, Ben, and I can get him on the show and we can uh, and talk to him. Um, so what's coming up for you guys? Uh, any, anything special before we, head, before we head off? Ben, I think you're going to be traveling very soon, aren't you? You're going to be uh, going to a place I've never been to, and uh, you lucky devil you. Tim, I'm completing my dream of heading to Hawaii. Oh. I'll be drinking exclusively out of pineapples for the duration of the 2019 AFL season. Um, and I will be wearing a 50-yard dash Hawaiian shirt. So everyone, please forgive me, but this is who I am now. And uh, <laughs> I cannot wait to get back and spread my, uh, spread my Hawaiian cheer with everyone. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Usually Gosh. nowhere, but I got I got there this time. I know. <laughs> well, that's hard to follow up. Well, oh, try, try to do it. Try to do it anyway, John. What 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 do you have going on for you? Uh, well, uh, it's busy season for me, so I'm taking on a lot of new work and projects aside from things going on with the AFL. And um, as we get closer to the season here, I'll be accepting new projects for photography, nice. uh, freelancing. So it's gonna it's gonna be a busy a busy shoot. Uh, the rest of the year is gonna be pretty busy yeah, for man. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you happen to head over to arenafen.com and check out all of our rosters, they're currently up to date. That's that's basically what I've been doing behind the scenes uh, with all this craziness for uh, uh, for uh, AFL free agency. Um, head over to our message boards too, and and, and chat with the uh, with all the fans from across the league and. Uh, uh, we can say at the moment, uh, it looks like that, at least tentatively at the moment, uh, John, Ben, and myself will be having a road trip early in the season. Uh, Arena fan will be going technically on the road. Uh, we're hoping to be in, in Albany for the opener on the 27th uh, in Atlantic City the next week for their uh, inaugural home opener. And then two weeks after that for Columbus. But uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on what's happening and, and how those plans are coming along so guys uh i will speak to you in a couple of weeks i know ben we may be without you but we'll, we'll try to figure something out because i know we have already have an interview lined up uh we just want to um you know considering how well it went this week i want to make sure that that you're that everybody's included so oh uh, yeah can't wait yeah so uh so for everybody here at afl tonight for john for ben i'm tim capper watch the rebound off the net <laughs>